We thank our brother for the words of welcome. It is good to be with you uh, here this evening to be able to bring God's word to you and uh, give a report on uh, even the Lord's leading and the work in the land of Uganda. I want us to commence this evening by turning to God's word, uh, to Matthew chapter 28. Uh, some well-known words in Matthew chapter 28. Short reading. Uh, we'll just read from verse 16 down to the conclusion of this chapter. It is, I suppose, appropriate words for a, a deputation meeting. It is the words, of course, we know as the, the Great Commission. And I want to consider some of those words here together this evening, Matthew chapter 28, uh, commencing at verse 16. Read, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. We are our own amen uh, to uh, the reading of God's precious word, trusting uh, that the Lord will bless it to our hearts here uh, this evening. Will you add our hearts once more, please, in prayer, as ask the Lord to even just still us and even speak to us now as we consider his word together. Let us pray. Our loving God, our mighty Father in heaven, we thank thee that this book before us is thy living word. O Lord, it is the voice of God speaking to us. Oh Lord, there's many today around this world who uh, speak of God speaking to them and they have these revelations. But Lord, we have the wonderful finished revelation of God before us. Oh Lord, our God still speaks today. And Lord, thou dost speak through thy precious word. Never, Lord, we ask thee that thou would speak to our hearts here this evening. Speak, Lord, and encourage us. Speak, Lord, and challenge us. O Lord, deliver us, Lord, from simply going through the motions. O Lord, deliver us, Lord, from coming here, Lord, even to hear about a man. And Lord, deliver me by speaking about a man. But Lord, may Christ be our focus. May Christ be the one proclaimed. And Lord, may Christ be the one who we are here to worship. O Lord, we thank thee that thou art a God who uh, does meet with his people. Even, Lord, at this time of the year, we think of Christ and his coming into this world. And Lord, how he is, Emmanuel. For Lord, he is God with us. The God who is with us. And Lord, we rejoice through salvation that Lord, thou he will never leave us nor forsake us. O oh Lord, may we know thee here tonight. May we know that promise. May we lay hold of it and rejoice that we're meeting here with God. But Lord, even then as we get down to the time of prayer, may that Lord uh, strike us, Lord. And uh, Lord, may it bring a reverence to us. That Lord, we're here with God that thou art in our midst. O oh Lord, to know that thou art here, how it will affect this meeting. O oh Lord, may we know that thou art here. Show thyself unto us, Lord, by a moving of thy spirit in, thy, in our hearts. Lord, move, we pray, for the, of the preaching of the word, that, Lord, that I will be preaching not in my strength, but, Lord, that thou would come, and I would simply be thy messenger with thy message. Undertake for us, we pray this evening, for you ask all of these things in our Savior's precious name. Amen. Amen. Towards the end of David Livingstone's life, that great pioneer missionary was brought back to his native Scotland to be honoured by his countrymen, and particularly the University of Glasgow. 
There was absolute silence as David Livingstone stood there and spoke of his experiences in Africa. He stood there with his left arm hanging limp at his side as the result of being mauled by a lion some years before. But this was only one of the many trials and hardships that David Livingstone had gladly bore for Christ. He spoke of being bedridden some 30 times by malaria and other fevers. He told all the different hardships and the difficulties and the, the struggles with man and the, the difficulties, the persecution, and all these things that he faced for Christ in the land of Africa. Well, David Livingstone suffered so much. I would say above all those things, of all those sufferings, of all those sicknesses, even the pain and the attack of that lion, I say above all those sufferings, I would say the one that was the hardest on him was the death of his wife out there in that foreign land. David Livingstone suffered so much in his labors in Africa. And as he was home and said this time in Scotland, there was many who would say to David, David, is it not time for you just to stay here? Surely you fought the good fight. Surely you've run the course. Look at you, David. You're, you're old. You're, you've been bat battered down by these diseases. You're, surely it's time for you to think about just staying at home. David, why would you go back to that land? You've told us about all the hardships that you've had to face. Surely you're getting too old to go on to face any more of these things. Well, David Livingstone he would defy them, and he would go back to Africa. And this is the reason he gave. This is the, the reason he would return to Africa. He said this, I return without misgivings and with great gladness. Would you like me to tell you what supported me through all the years of exile among people whose language I could not understand, and whose attitude towards me was always uncertain and often hostile? It was this, Lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. On those words I staked everything, and they never failed me. It is the word of a gentleman of the strict, of the most strict and sacred honor. So there's an end to it. Really what David Livingstone is saying here is, in the past he had staked all on these words found here in verse 20 of Matthew 28. Christ, he promised, he trusted in this promise of Christ, lo, I am with you all the way, even on to the end of the world. He had proved this promise over and over again. And then he says, why would I not go back? God has been faithful to me with this promise. Why would I not trust him for the few years that remain of my life? No, David put his trust his past trust was in those words, and his future, he would put his trust still in those words, for he would again return to Africa one last time. And there in the land of Africa, his frail body would finally give up the ghost, while on his knees beside his bed. And there David found at his bed, not only was he found there on his knees, but on his bed was his Bible. And his Bible was opened at this portion which we have read together this evening. Matthew chapter 28, and then the verse 20. And in the margin of his Bible, in his own handwriting, he had wrote the words, the words of a gentleman. Oh, is it hard for us to, uh, or is it not really a jump for us to consider that uh, if David was here on his knees uh, beside his bed, dying there in the attitude of prayer, is it not too much to think that well, if his Bible was open at these words, he had read these words, and maybe his final prayer was giving thanks to Almighty God for being faithful all those years to him, and Christ being with him even unto the end of the world. 
We had staked us all on these words, these words of a gentleman. Now, the words of a gentleman mean very little to us in a 21st century context, but the words of a gentleman and David Livingstone meant something. A gentleman gave his word, his honor was at stake. You see, Christ was the one of the most sacred and strictest honor, the one who could not lie. Christ had promised it. David Livingstone would trust in it to the very end. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, why do I bring these words to you this evening? Now, we speak of David Livingstone in the continent of Africa. I remember you're starting to think, this man up in the pulpit, he's start, he's, 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 is he actually going to do this? Is he going to compare himself to David Livingstone? Well, let me be very clear from the outset. I'm not in any way trying to compare myself to that man. I wouldn't even dare to try and compare myself to such a mighty man as David Livingstone. Yet at the same time, as I stand here this evening, I bring these words of David Livingstone to you and this verse that he, was, uh, that he trusted and led us all upon because not so distant future in the Lord's will. These are the words that uh, myself and my family are resting on as we would go to the land of Uganda. These are the words which we uh, will go to that land. These are the words that we are putting our faith in, our trust in, as we would go. And for this reason, we have uh, those words placed upon our prayer card. Our, our brother mentioned the cards for you. Uh, there's plenty of them out there on the table. Please do take one with you. And you will see there on that card those very words, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, if we consider just the context of these words of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely each and every one of us can see how appropriate those words are for any missionary prayer card. For this context, as I've said even before we began to read, the context is the Great Commission. Here we have the Lord Jesus Christ ultimately thrusting out his disciples as missionaries, thrusting them out uh, that they would fulfill their part in the Great Commission. Oh, how wonderful, how wonderful those closing words of verse 20 uh, are to, uh, for any missionary. What a wonderful missionary motto they are, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. But this evening, as we would look at these words together, I want you to see with me that these are not just words for a mighty servant of God like David Livingstone, and they're not words for lesser men and lesser missionaries like uh, uh, either. But I want you to see that these are words for each and every child of the living God. Brothers and sisters, I put those words on my prayer card, and as I claim them as words for me and my family, as David Livingstone claimed them as words for him, I want you tonight to claim them as words for you. For they are words for every bit for you as they are for any other child of God. And with this in view, I want to title this short message with you this evening, For More Than a Missionary. For More Than a Missionary. You see, if you forget much about what I say tonight, if you forget everything about you see in the video, and even if you forget my prayer request, which I would make at the end, if you'd remember the simple title of this sermon, and of course, in the context of these words of Christ, I will go away from this place very happy this evening. For as you would consider those words, Lo, I am with you always, even on to the end of the world. And in, the, in relation to those words, you can take that title for more than a missionary. Or in other words, as you would look at those words, you would remember that these are words for you, a promise for you. Indeed, I will be happy with my, my night's work.
You see, as you consider those words, maybe the next time you would turn to them, maybe you would write in your margin tonight, like David Livingstone wrote in his, uh, the words of a gentleman, maybe you'd write in your margin, margin for more than a missionary. And as you would read those words the next time, you would see that little uh, phrase for more than a missionary and say, yes, these are words for me. Or maybe you'll take one of those prayer cards, and if you're like myself, indeed, and many others, you often take things from church, or you hand to something in church, and uh, the first place it goes is, particularly if you're a man, it goes inside the Bible. Maybe sometime that's what you'll do. You'll take a prayer card tonight, and you'll forget all about that prayer card, but someday you'll open your Bible, and, and the card will fall out. And you'll see that ugly mug of mine, but then I hope you'll move to the side, and you'll see those words of Christ. Lo, I am with you always, even on to the end of the world. And as you would read those words, and even as you see my face, you would remember this meeting tonight, and you would remember this is a verse for more than a missionary. These are words for me. Indeed, I want to try and show that they are words for you tonight. As we consider this message from Christ to his disciples of, Lo, I am with you always, even on to the end of the world. The first thing I want you to see with me, that this is a message for doubting disciples. It is a message for doubting disciples. Verses 19 and 20, we read, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, we know these words. We know that in their context, these are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ given to his disciples. And maybe as you consider these words, and you consider these closing words of verse 20, you can already see how comforting these words must have been to those disciples. But, as I've said tonight, I want you to see more than that. I want you to see them as words of comfort for you. Yet you think to yourself, how could I take these words for me? How could I identify with the Christ is speaking of here? How could I identify with these men? If you think of these men, you think of these men, these are the mighty disciples of God. These are the men who have been thrust out into the world with the gospel. These were the men who had embarked on good missionary journeys and turned the world upside down. How could I identify with them? Oh, yes, these men would do mighty things for God. But let us never forget that these men were still just men. These men were men. Like every one of us, men with their doubts and with their fears. A point, I believe, is made abundantly clear in verse 17. Take verse 16 along with it. We read there, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. So we see clearly the context that is these disciples. And then in verse 17 it says, And when they saw him, they worshipped him. And then it says, But some doubted. Now, those are, in many ways, we could say mysterious words. These disciples were doubting. Doubting. What were their doubts? Now, uh, maybe not necessarily what has been spoken about them here, doubting, but let us think about some of the things that uh, would have been in the minds of these disciples at this moment. The doubts that these men had as being just men. Well, no doubt they had doubts about all that had happened in the days that had passed. What experience? It was very easy for us to condemn the disciples. But think about what has happened leading up to this point. Here is the risen Savior, and to think that Christ has ascended from the grave, and here he is in the flesh standing with them. Uh, it's something that uh, confused them, and no doubt there were doubts. But then there was also doubts concerning their future. 
based on the reality that they knew that Christ was going to soon depart from them, from them and return back to glory. And then, if they hadn't doubts in verse 16, by the time Christ had got to verses 18, 19, and 20, they had further doubts, because here's Christ telling them they have to leave all and go out into the world with the gospel. Well, these men had many doubts, many fears. Why do I say this? Well, I say this to remind you that we all are the same. Oh, we all have our doubts and fears. As I stand here this evening, I tell you, I want to be very honest with you, that I have my doubts, and I have my fears, I have my trials, I have my struggles in life. Now, there's a, a side note on that, and that is pray for your minister. You see, it's often I think there's a misconception about the man who stands in the pulpit, that their man is everything together, that they never have any struggles, that they never have any doubts, that they never have any fears, that they're some spiritual giant. Oh, believe me, I don't think there's any minister within our church who would say anything of the such. Oh, if they could be honest with you tonight, they would say they have their struggles, they have their doubts, they have their fears. And ever I say, pray for your minister. Remember him in prayer. Remember, he is just a man like you, and he needs your prayers as much as you need his. Oh, pray for him. And let me be very honest. Let me prove to you that, yes, we all have doubts and fears. Here am I standing tonight telling you that, uh, or to tell you that I will be going to, the, uh, to Uganda in the Lord's will next year, and that I'm, I want you to pray for me and my family as we would go. Well, I'm very honest with you tonight that the whole experience, back from the Lord calling me to, even to now and indeed for the future, I, doubt, I will say there will be doubts. There has been doubts, and there will be fears. Well, there had been doubts way back in the early days of the possibility that God would call me to that place in the first place. Doubts concerning my ability. Doubts like the disciples concerning the future of what it means to, uh, to leave home to go to Africa. Doubts about bringing my wee family to a literal third world country. Doubts and fears about the trials that might come. Doubts and fears about coping with leaving family behind. Doubts and fears about loneliness on the mission field. I could go on and on. Oh, I'm being honest with you this evening. But the point is, I'm not wanting to speak about myself and say, look at him, he's going and he's, he's been honest with us, what, what honesty and all this. No, that's not what I'm trying to talk about myself at all. But what I'm trying to prove to you is that we all have our doubts and our fears. And it is those here in verse 20, here in Matthew chapter 28, it is to men with doubts and fears that he's given this promise to. It is those with doubts, he says, Lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. These words for, for doubting disciples. Never, child of God, take heart. These are words for you. Whatever it is you are suffering this evening, whatever trial it is you're going through, whatever doubts and fears that you are facing, realize that you're no different to these disciples. Never hear Christ say to you this evening, Lo, I am with you all way, even unto the end of the world. So as I title this message this evening, For More Than a Missionary, I trust you're already seeing that this is so. These are words for every doubting disciple of the living God. Oh, we can beat ourselves up about our doubts and our fears and our lack of faith. But the reality is we have those things, we have those experiences, we have those battles. Instead of beating ourselves up, let's take encouragement that Christ says to us, Lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. You see, Christ doesn't hammer his disciples here for having doubts. The last words he leaves with them here is words 
of encouragement. Now let's consider these words, these words uh, to these disciples. Moving on from it was a message for doubting disciples, see secondly that it was a message of promised presence. It was a message of promised presence. See, in the first point, we're really dealing with the context of the message. The context being that it was a message for doubting disciples. Now we're really considering the content of the message. In other words, what was it that Jesus Christ was saying to these doubting disciples? Now there's really, we come again, look at verses 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even on to the end of the world. The Lord Jesus Christ closes out his words to his disciple with a promise, a promise of his presence. As we consider this promise, see with me a couple of things. See with me firstly the timing of the promise. The timing of this promise. The Lord would soon depart from his disciples, those who had given up all, had laid down their nets to follow him. They've been with him every day. He's, they're now preparing for him to go. And not only that, as we've seen, they're now being sent out into the unknown, into the dangers of the world with the gospel. These men, as we noted, have had their doubts and fears. Yet here they are with their doubts and fears at their climax, you could say. And it is in that very moment that Christ says to them, Lo, I am with you always, even on to the end of the world. Or what we could say this evening, the timing of Christ's promise was perfect. It was in that very moment when they knew exactly what they were feeling, what they were going through, the battles, the thoughts. He could tell them exactly what they needed to hear. Well, it wasn't just a matter of Christ telling them what they wanted there. We can be like that. Somebody's in a, a bit of a, a state, and we can tell them, you know, everything's going to be all right. We say that, but maybe we don't really know that's the case. We tell people what they want to hear to try and comfort them. But that's not what Christ is doing here. He's not just telling them what they want to hear, but he's telling them exactly. He means every word of it. This is a message that he can, he can stand behind. This is the message of a gentleman. Sacred honor was a stake. What Christ said was true. We told them exactly what they needed to hear in that very moment. May there be an encouragement for you and this dear child of God this evening. Take encouragement tonight. That just like these disciples, Christ knows. Christ knows your battles. Christ knows the struggles that you're going through at this time. And like with these disciples, he knows exactly how to meet that need. He can meet that need this very hour. Christian, rejoice. Rejoice and leave the Lord knows all about your present struggles and battles. And he can meet that need. He can bring the perfect words of comfort this very hour. And maybe these are the exact words that your heart needs to grasp here this evening. Maybe this is the promise that you need the Lord uh, to write upon your heart tonight. Lo, I am with you all the way, even unto the end of the world. Well, what a promise. This was a promise that contained everything needed to soothe these disciples' troubled souls. Maybe the appropriate for your troubled soul here, maybe this evening. Well, there's the timing of the promise. But consider with me also this evening the scope of this promise. The scope, or how far reaching, what does this promise actually say? How far reaching is this promise? Well, we can break it into two parts. Consider firstly the word always, or we could say always. The Lord Jesus Christ says, Lo, I am with you 
all way. Well, we already said Christ will soon ascend to glory. And this would, of course, fill the disciples with dread. That Christ, the omnipresent God, promises that even though he in his bodily form must leave them, he promises to still be with them as their God. He will be with them always. Now, you can nearly hear his disciples. They can nearly picture the scene there. They know Christ is soon to go for them. And they can nearly hear them saying, Lord, don't leave us. Stay with us. And we can hear Christ reply saying, My children, I'm not leaving you. I will be with you always. Oh, what a promise for these doubting disciples. But consider also in terms of the scope, not only the word always, but even though that last little clause, unto the end of the world. Lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Again, consider one of the great causes of concern with the disciples was that he has now commissioned them to leave their homes, to leave their all, and to go out into the world with the gospel. They're going to go to the far ends of the earth. They're going to go to places they've never set foot before. What fears must have filled their souls? But he alleviates those fears by telling them that wherever they go, he will go with them. They can go to the furthest reaches of the world. And if they go to the furthest reaches of the world, what's the promise? Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. There was nowhere that they could go that God would not go with them. What a precious promise it was for them. Never you go back to my introduction, it's easy to see why any missionary will cling to such words of promise. That we can go anywhere if Christ goes with us. But again, I emphasize that these are words for more than a missionary. Whatever the struggle, whatever the valley you must go through, or maybe you're not into that darkness, that valley at the moment, maybe it's the year 2023 when there's some dark battle coming just around the corner, lurking around the corner, but you see, Christ says, I will be with you even when that battle comes. I'll be with you even unto the end of the world. Or as we could say, he's already there. He's already there. Never may all of us see tonight that these are words, these promise, this promise of Christ are words for more than a missionary. It's a promise of Christ to you. Oh, may each and every one of us, like David Livingstone, see them as the words of a gentleman. And as we conclude here tonight, May this promise, which I do say is for all of you, this great encouragement, may it not just encourage us in our souls for the battles that we will face, but may it inspire us to do something, to do something more for God. You see, while I insist that this promise is for more than a missionary, I believe it would be foolish. I believe it would be, it would be downright wrong. It would be nearly straying into the realm of the prosperity gospel to say, here's a, a lovely little promise for you. It would be wrong to simply say that and not view the context of the promise. For you see, the context of the promise is the service of God. We must not separate the promise from the command. See, dare any of us here tonight claim the promise if we're not willing to obey the command? Well, I say that again. Are we willing to claim a promise without uh, being willing to obey the command? Oh, yes, I tell you, there's a promise here. A promise for you. 
but it is in the context of men and women, boys and girls, doing, playing their part in the Great Commission. Now that not may, may not mean uh, crossing across some sea to the, the far end of the world, but maybe being on your knees in prayer. Your prayers can cross the oceans. It can be giving financial support. It can be uh, working, laboring on the doorstep. It can be laboring in your church. There's, there's a work for you to do. And surely there's no work that we should be afraid to do if we claim the promise. Take it in a very practical way. A, a neighbor, a work colleague, someone you tried sharing the gospel with before, and they've laughed at you, they've mocked you, they're saying, oh, there's the Holy Joe and the, and the gospel. And you don't want to speak to that person ever again about the Lord Jesus Christ. But then you lay hold of this promise. Christ says, lo, I am with you all the way, even on to the end of the world. Why would you fear going to that person again? If Christ says, I will be with you, even on to the very ends of the world, why would we be afraid not to try one more time? Never say, let this promise inspire us to do, for we see that the promise is ultimately in this context of service. Do what you can. Do it while we can. Do it where you can, for as long as you can. Trusting in these words of Christ. Lo, I am with you always, even on to the end of the world. Livingstone, he staked us all in these words. I'm asking you to pray for me that when we would go, and it's easy for me to say I'm staking all my going on these words, but you know when we go there we can forget very quickly. I'm asking you, pray for me, pray for my family, that we will continue the trust in these words. When maybe the battles do come, the dark times come, and I'm asking you also to take them as words for yourself. They hold of this promise. And they say, may again, may it inspire us all to do something more for God. May the Lord take his word. May bless it to each and every one of you. We thank the media team for playing that video for us this evening. Just before I hand back to our brother again, I want to thank you all for your, your time this evening and coming tonight. I do appreciate it. It was an encouragement to see folks gathered in, even to listen. And I trust you will pray for us as we do uh, go and venture out into the work sometime next year. And on that note, I just want to leave a few prayer requests with you. Uh, my first one is concerning family. Yes, do pray for us and my wee family as we would go. Uh, but can I ask you also to pray for the families that are, are left behind? I know we as a denomination, we are very good at supporting our missionaries and praying for them. Uh, but I know it's something that even now when it's really affecting me, maybe I think of it most is uh, we maybe forget to pray for the parents and, and family that are left behind, that parents will be missing a daughter or son or, and grandchildren and so forth. So please uh, do pray for them in these days ahead, that God's grace will be sufficient for us uh, to leave them behind and for them as they would say their goodbyes to us as we uh, would go. Can I ask you too to pray for wisdom? As the video mentioned, there's, there's many, many opportunities. There's many uh, avenues of service out there in the land and uh, and in building that church and, and seeing the work develop and to reaching uh, new people in evangelism. So, many, so much can be done, uh, but there's only so many of us. There's only so many hours in the day. And therefore, we need much wisdom on the right avenues to take. So please do pray for us on that regard. And I suppose one way which would help very much, and as our next prayer request, is I ask you, please pray for workers. You may think this man, he isn't even on the mission field yet, and he's already looking for help. Well, that's exactly the case. I'm not ashamed uh, to say it, but we need uh, more workers in the land of Uganda. Uh, there's so much to do. 
There's so much opportunities in evangelism, uh, even just the Lord's Day. There's, there's, it's, it's such a busy schedule. You have, you have a, a Bible study on the Wednesday, you have a, a prayer meeting on the Thursday, you have the open air every Friday, then Saturday's quiet, then on Sunday you have your morning worship, you have an open Sunday school with all the children, and then there's two different prisons are visited every Lord's Day, and then you have another meeting in the evening. So there's, there's very little time, to, to uh, 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 and there's so much work. We need more workers, not before you even do venture out into new avenues. There's so many children. Even uh, this week, you saw uh, some photographs of me standing in the open air, uh, one little village with only a couple of houses in it. Well, there's a, there's a Bible club going on in that little village at the minute. See, it doesn't look like very much, very poor little village. And there's over 100 children coming each day uh, to that Bible club that Noreen is taking at the moment. So there's so much work that can be done. We need men, uh, we need women, we need children's workers, we need ministers. Uh, so there is much can be done. And I pray that the Lord would provide laborers for uh, that vast harvest. As I stand here uh, today, I'm very humbled to think that uh, when Noreen was home doing her deputations, maybe uh, she was here. Uh, but one of her main prayer requests, even as her brother mentioned, is one of the requests of the, uh, prayers of the mission board was for a man to go into labor in that church. And to think that I am the answer of that prayer, that's a very humbling thing. But maybe a very encouraging thing for all of us to see. Here was Noreen. She brought this prayer request when she was home. And the Lord has answered those prayers. And therefore, I stand here very excited and asking you to pray for more laborers. Because God can answer that prayer Again, So please join with me in asking the Lord to send more laborers into his mission field. And of course, above all things, we're asking for you to pray that there will be a mighty outpouring of the Spirit. Oh, we go, we can talk about, I can talk about all the opportunities, we can talk about all the avenues and all the things that we can do. But we do all those things in vain if the Lord doesn't move. Never, I ask you, pray with me that God willing, I will be back here maybe just over three years' time. And I'll be here reporting that the Lord has heard and answered your prayers, and there's been a mighty smooth of the Spirit, and many souls have been saved, and believers in the church there at Emmanuel have grown mightily in the faith. And then one very final, quickly, prayer request. I know I've taken so much of your time. One final question, a practical sense. A very, it's, I suppose it's a developing situation each day, but there has been an outbreak of Ebola in the land of Uganda in the recent months. It's, uh, thankfully, uh, I've been asking the churches to pray for it, and the Lord has been answering those prayers. It seems to be dying down uh, somewhat in recent days. But please continue. Keep that in your prayers. Uh, you know all about lockdowns and so forth now, things, words and expressions that we didn't know a few years ago. But all those things have been going on. Uh, it's a much more serious disease than, than COVID. Uh, high for, for, uh, mortality rate uh, with the disease, some 60%. Uh, if those who contract it will die of the disease. So it is, uh, it is serious. There is no vaccine. Uh, so please do be remembering that in your prayers. Pray for our workers. Pray for uh, the children and the staff there at Emmanuel, that they'll be preserved. And uh, even at the door, that of service will uh, remain open. And on that note, really, I want to just leave this uh, story with you about uh, the Ebola, just to show you the darkness of the land. Uh, four members of the one family a few weeks ago uh, all died of the disease uh, when the government began to uh, inquire and where did these four people contract the disease from it appeared that there was somebody else in their village had had the disease and had died off it was buried and and so forth but it appears that these four along with some others went out in the darkness of night and they dug up the remains 
of this person to perform uh, religious rituals on. So it shows there is uh, still a great darkness in the land. There is, of course, Islam and Catholicism and the charismatic movement, but there is still, in many ways, the grip of that traditional superstitious uh, religion in the land. So there is much darkness, but we believe that there is a greater light. That light, who we celebrate this time of year that came into the world, may that light shine, and may it shine brightly in these days ahead. Thank you very much for your time uh, this evening. Uh, please, we do, are so thankful of your prayers. Please do continue to pray for us. Uh, there is a little table of a few things that uh, I brought home with me from Uganda for my trips. Uh, don't be afraid to lift them and uh, have a wee poke, as we would say, at them and uh, whatever. And if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask. I'll only be too glad to try and answer them for you. But thank you again so much for your time and for having me here this evening. I trust the Lord will bless you in the days ahead. And it all leads me to say I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you.